2: Hey gang, welcome back to a bonus edition of the Gangplank Report. Usually, you know that we stick to interviewing fans or interviewing people in the yachting industry, but once in a blue moon, something happens on the show and a narrative gets put out there that just doesn't pass muster as far as logic's concerned. And that has happened with the most recent primaries. So we reached out to our new favorite sailing couple, Janelle and Rhett, and we're going to get the story straight from them for you. So good morning, guys. Welcome to the show. Good
1: morning. Good morning. Hi.
2: Thank you for joining us.
3: I'm so excited about this. I think the viewership has watched the last couple episodes And I know personally, I've done a ton of face palming, watching all of this and rage watching with this. And I think the first episode didn't do you guys a lot of favors because we really didn't get to see a lot of you. But this last episode... Rhett, you have most certainly become the unsung hero of Below Deck Sailing at this point <laughs> in time, <laughs> which I think is pretty amazing. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that it's well-deserved. Obviously, there was a lot of things that we didn't get to see when the show aired. But for you guys watching it, I don't know if PTSD is really in application here, but I had total sympathy for you guys watching this. I feel like you represent... A lot of normal, everyday people that just got put in a really terrible situation. I mean, terrible in that you had to put up with Cherica, but amazing in that you got to go on this vacation. It's just too bad
2: that that's who you were with. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I can't believe you used their fake Benifer name. <laughs>
1: uh, that's just amazing. I mean, I called him something else when I got home, but it wasn't Cherica.
2: I do not blame you one bit. So we know a little bit of the backstory was that a charter got canceled because they were requiring vaccinations. And so one group dropped out and you guys didn't have a lot of time before you were going to go. Is that part of the narrative accurate?
1: Yeah, that is the narrative. She actually got the email when I was doing her hair and she had asked me, and I had just started doing her hair. I think in March. I'm almost positive it was March. I'd have to look back at my books, but I think it was March. Trying to fix her hair, and mm-hmm. so um, what? You know,
2: <laughs> I love that. Uh, what was
1: presented to me was that, hey, have you ever wanted to go on a reality TV show? And I said no. And she said, because I was worried again about like my facial expressions, which has become memes for some people, which has been great. <laughs> anyhow but and I said no and then she said oh it's only going to be a certain amount of money and we're going to go to Spain and we're going to get on a sailing yacht and she seemed super just very yogi and zen and easygoing and so I mean that's why I brought it to my husband I was like hey so one of my clients who she'd asked me, she's been on reality TV before. I of course had not watched the previous season mm-hmm. or the whole bachelor thing. I remember seeing her running around Houston in a TR and was like, what the heck? But um, <laughs> I didn't watch it and I don't watch it. I watch other shows. And so I can't handle all of the drama, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that's how it started.
2: Okay. So I was going to ask you when you started on the boat to feel like okay something is amiss here but Greg has broken his silence now on social media and it seems like all of this went south far before you got to the boat so Rhett when were you tipped off that this was not going to be the dream vacation you had hoped for
0: uh intercontinental airport in Houston oh my gosh (laughs) oh no So I met Erica, I think literally two days before we were leaving, I happened to go into my wife's work and she was there getting her hair done. Mm -hmm. And so she was asking me about, you know, did we change our flight? Did we do this? And we did change all of our stuff because they couldn't guarantee Janelle to get home for work in time. Right. And so I travel a lot with work. And so I have certain airline privileges due to that. And she got kind of upset slash jealous that we got bumped to first class on our flight going out there. So she made her husband redo their stuff, which caused all their controversy on their flight but I had never met Chuck and we went to the airport to catch our flight and they had been there for six hours on delay drinking in the Amex room and we're all intoxicated sitting there in the international wing waiting to get on their plane so that's when we first met I'm like oh goodness and then from there you know we flew over to we had a layover in Frankfurt and they went to Heathrow I believe and my wife is in a group Chat with a bunch of them, and we landed, and her phone profusely started dinging. (laughs) And it was videos, it was text messages, it was everything that happened on their flight and how they got escorted off by six, like secret service agents with weapons pulled out.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. You know, they got banned for life from British Airways. They were put in like a glass cubicle and questioned. And I mean, it was amazing. So that's kind of what happened to us while we were in Frankfurt. We started seeing all this train wreck. And then, then we got to Menorca early before everybody and it just proceeded to get worse.
1: Oh. Let me back up though. In the text message, mm-hmm. there was no pictures. However, there was a lot of name calling going on and there was a lot of stuff that was being said mainly by Cherka, to his guests and his mother-in-law. So when the name started, we were like, uh, oh God. And he called his mother-in-law what? And he did what? And oh my gosh, this is crazy. We didn't find out the whole story until we got to Spain.
2: Mm-hmm. When she gave the omelet story, I used to be in the travel industry and I was just like, this is not the story. You know, you don't get kicked off for eating a first class omelet when you're in comfort class so (laughs) I knew there was more to it and there's been a lot of rumors flying around about Chuck maybe being inebriated he's denying that but from what you're saying you saw in Houston maybe he was still (laughs) inebriated from then by the time he got to London
0: from what we understand because we weren't there Mm -hmm. the one person was extremely upset that they weren't in first class and they kept profusely going to first class over and over and over again when they were told not to. Right. Then they started eating the food, telling everybody they had low blood sugar and it was a medical thing for them to have to go eat that food and not the food that they were being served. And then uh, (laughs) from there, one person was asleep and when they woke up, they were inebriated and basically verbally assaulted flight attendants. Oh, great. And that's when they got called in, you know, when they landed. So when they landed, they came across a loudspeaker and told everyone to stay in their seats. They had some disgruntled guests that they had to deal with. And then they brought in six officers and removed them from the airplane.
2: That is so crazy. And Greg decided okay, I don't want any part of this. I'm not going to go on the boat. Did you guys have those thoughts? Did you sit down and talk together and say, maybe we should stick with Greg and not go?
1: Well, we didn't know that Greg was not going and we didn't know the backstory of why he wasn't going until we got back to Spain off of the boat. And he shared with me all of the horrific names that Chuck was calling him, which are, I mean, when you're gay, there's certain names you can't be called. Correct. And these are all in text message. Um, So I understand why he didn't go. Unfortunately, we weren't friends with any of them beforehand. So we didn't know. We also didn't know that Susan had been on the phone with production beforehand, crying hysterically because she had received multiple messages as well, attacking her and threatening her before she even got on the boat.
0: So basically what happened, they had a flare up on the plane and they blamed it on the other three guests that were on the plane other than themselves. And the mother-in-law got left overnight in Heathrow and couldn't catch the connection. And they started blaming Greg and said that he should have waited for their mother-in-law when he had nothing to do with it and blamed it on him that she didn't catch a flight. And that's where it went downhill. They literally tried to pass blame on everyone else except for themselves and started this huge rumble on text between every party involved and then brought in Greg's significant other. And it just got worse for them. And like Janelle said, we had no idea. We saw... Some of the messages that Janelle was given, we heard a belligerent story when they showed up at the hotel. Like I said, we probably got in two hours before them Mm -hmm. and we were in our room and had no idea that they were in the room next door and we could hear them yelling out in the hall. Oh, wow. And so I opened the door to see what was going on and it was Cherica was getting into their room. And so when they saw me open the door, they had to come over and try to start telling us their rendition. And I put Janelle back in the room and said, basically, it's none of our business. Like we don't have time for that shit. And so we went back in the room and we never saw Greg. We only had met Greg once in Houston at the airport.
2: Mm -hmm. We
0: honestly thought Greg had left. So we thought that he went back home after all that. And when we got back from the boat and we're in our room, we saw Greg, we came out of our room into the lobby and Greg happened to be there. And so Greg came with us to our room to kind of get the feel of what happened on the boat and kind of tell us everything he had gone through He ended up staying at the hotel for the three days and enjoying Spain by himself while we were all off on the boat. And we had no idea. In
2: hindsight, that was probably the smart move. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So on the boat, once you're there and you're seeing this, was your inclination to just try and stay as far away from that as you could and just enjoy yourself? Or did it become too consuming to be able to do that?
0: Oh no, I tried to ignore all of them
1: he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. I'm more of like the people pleaser trying to figure out, Hey, like, you know, everybody. Okay. Everything. Da, 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 da. But he got up early to work and I woke up <sighs> early as well. But then when the other person wakes up and is screaming at the top of their lungs, right? It's really difficult to get away from that. And yeah. then when you're upstairs lounging in the sun and you hear somebody just berating and abusing the staff and going off and everybody can hear it on all floors, it's really difficult to get away from that. And it's also one of those things that I didn't want us to be grouped into that So personally, I went down with Susan to the chef and apologized profusely, because we thought that the food was amazing. We thought it was great. And I mean, we couldn't have been more happy and thankful to be on such an amazing boat with such amazing people. It was gorgeous. Yeah. so I mean again it was it was very difficult to stay away from them right and the mother-in-law decided to invade my husband's ear space early in the morning while he was working and tell him all of her dirty laundry from the husband this to that
2: oh good gravy <laughs> oh
1: my <laughs> goodness Good
0: <laughs> lord it was the last day we were on the boat there was one place I mean I had told everybody when we got there that I had to work and so there was one place in the boat that had decent Wi-Fi so I could use the phone and they had an agreement, I guess, that they wouldn't mic me during those hours. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting up every day by no later than like 6 a.m., 5 36, just because the time back here at home. Right. And so I would sit there and work. And on the last day of the charter, somehow, some way, she woke up and she came out there and just sat next to me and kept staring at me. Then she was wanting to see what I was doing on the computer. Then she went into the whole detail about how I was mysterious and I was this and then it. They went into this whole deal. You know, I mean, it was bad. Oh, goodness. The thing was, it's like the whole boat, we listened to these people act extremely spoiled and entitled. And we listen to Chuck tell everyone how he lived in a million dollar home in Bel Air and, you know, all this stuff. And to be quite honest, man, if you've ever been to Houston, you can't really get more in a shit shack in Bel Air for a million bucks. So telling people that is really not anything to brag about. But he kept making it a point to act like he was so wealthy. And the funny thing is, is, you know we're not going to question that i just know from experience that people that have money don't talk about having money right and he kept wanting to throw it out there you know greg who was as nice as can be he was actually the lawyer that owned the building that chuck was running a room from so he technically was chuck's landlord and erica and them were leasing space from him and it was just funny how the whole thing came together at the end so you kind of see the big picture right but I mean, people live different and act different, and they were extremely different
1: what we experienced is completely different than what somebody's telling us constantly. Right. Yeah. So like the airplane, we didn't experience that. However, I have like 20 text messages going back and forth where I was a privy to it because I was in the group chat. Right. And that was the one thing that he kept saying, well, she put her nose where it wasn't and he put this on another podcast and I listened and uh, she put her nose where it wasn't wanted. No, I was in that group chat. And the stuff that he was saying to people and to his mother-in-law was so offensive and so embarrassing Mm -hmm. that I finally had enough and said something to him after the fact that he called me a fucking bitch.
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, Wow. He's awful. Adrian, do you want to share with them? Adrian's friends with Gabby, Gabriella.
1: Oh, she's so amazing. I love her.
3: She's great. One of the things that we had talked about is that there's been a lot of debate about the tip and how all of that stuff went down. So the finances of the trip have come into question quite a lot. And I think that having two different stories about how all of that went down. So Gabby told me that she was handed a separate envelope with $500 in it intended just for her. I guess Holly gave it to her. So an extra $500 was given to her, which she immediately turned around and gave to Glenn because that's not how we roll. Everybody shares the tip. Everybody works really hard. So she felt like it was not right for her to just hold on to that herself And I think that says a lot about her as a person, because we know other people in below deck history who probably would have just pocketed that cash and not said anything. But when it comes down to the way that the finances for this trip worked out, can you clarify that for us? Because that's been a big fan question.
0: Okay. So yeah, I'll start and then Janelle can fill in the gap. So- To our understanding, we didn't know anything about how Below Deck worked. We didn't know anything from the producers until after we were back at the hotel. So what we were told by the producers is normally before show, and like you've been on the show, so normally before they reach out to the primary, they send them a contract for everybody to sign, and it has all the disclosed numbers. It has the numbers you have to pay for the charter. It also has the tip amount that you're supposed to prepay. Well, they didn't make Erica do any of that, and she was the first one that Below Deck has never made prepay for anything. Ah. I guess it's because they were in a bad spot with the other cast not being able to make it. Mm-hmm. So they went against their normal policy and allowed Erica to pay as she went, I guess you could say. So she sent Janelle all these messages with how much it cost. Janelle came to me and said, hey, this will include airfare. This includes the charter. And then this has the tip involved. And, you know, like I said, we took a thousand off that because we booked our own flight, which was obviously more than a thousand dollars. But we did our own flights. We paid what they told us that we had to pay to go on the show. We were never given anything else, only what Erica told us. And Erica had told everybody in message that you had an all-in number and that included the tip. Right. And that if you felt like you wanted to tip extra, you could. And so that's what we had going into it. So when we got there, the day in question on the last day, Erica went to Janelle and changed all the numbers on her, told her it was more money and told her all this other stuff. Well, we had brought money. And so... My wife and I brought money and we made sure that we tipped in front of everyone so everyone could see because we had a feeling that they were going to pull something and we knew that there was going to be an issue. Right. And so we made sure that we did it in front of everybody. And then when we got back off the boat to the hotel, actually, one of the producers called Janelle and was asking about sending a wire. Well, then she put me on the phone with the producer and the producer says, Hey, you know, we just want to let you know there was an issue with the tip. And we talked to Chuck and Erica and Erica had said that you and your wife didn't bring any cash and didn't have any money for the tip and that you were going to wire your tip to us to give to the crew.
2: That's insane.
0: And so I said, no, we actually gave cash. I'm sorry. We gave it in front of everybody Mm -hmm. to make sure that this didn't happen. So in hindsight, they took our money and said it was theirs. I mean- that's obviously what happened. it doesn't take a genius to figure that out when they're calling us, asking me to send them a wire. Right. After the fact, when I found all that out, I called Glenn. Mm -hmm. So I talked to Glenn several times about it. You know, I talked to Gary and Tom and all of them and they basically said, Hey, we know it's not you guys. We know who we're dealing with. And I mean, they sent me messages saying the same thing. I mean, we made a point to do it in front of everybody.
2: Yeah. And that was smart on your part and good for you because you knew exactly what you were dealing with at that point. I think.
1: Well, she wanted us to pay for Greg. Really? <laughs> and so when she said that to me and we were sitting outside, she says, well, you know, you need to chip in for Greg too. And I said, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I said, I wasn't the reason. And Brett wasn't the reason that he did not come on the charter. The reason why he didn't come on the charter is because you and your husband, it had nothing to do with us. So the amount of cash that I brought in for gratuity is what we thought, right? And being in the service industry, I always do 20%. Right. So whatever that charter was, I did 20% of that charter, less the gratuity that was in our contract that said all of our contracts said the charter plus the gratuity Mm-hmm. because of the fact that I don't know if it was, they forgot to take that out of yeah. the contract, but Greg has the contract. Susan has the contract. I have to find the contract, but yeah, all of our contracts said the charter plus gratuity. So the amount of money for the charters, I multiplied that. Plus you two. have the text from her too, because yes, I saw your yes. text
2: on your stories. Yeah. yeah, we
0: have the text, but to be fair, the way that when we were given the contracts, we had to obviously sign these before we left.
2: Mm -hmm. The way
0: the wording was, they worded the contract as so where it showed your total due and it showed that that included the charter and the tip. So the contract kind of was worded incorrectly. Right. And after the fact, you know, we had told them when we were having the conversations with them, hey, did you, under you know, realize your contract's worded this way? And they didn't realize that the way it was worded showed it was like an all in number.
2: Right. So even though it
0: reads that way, you know, we did bring cash and actually tip tip on top of the contract, obviously, like you would, you know, say on a cruise ship, you know, even there you tip extra. So we did that. We tipped in front of everyone. They made a big deal saying we didn't have money. We were called asked to send in extra money. And, you know, it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah.
2: And that's part of the biggest reason why we wanted to have you guys on. We know that they've been lying. I don't even have to put allegedly in that to not be sued. Just in the same way, and I have to tell you, Janelle, I cheered in my bed watching the show when you told Cindy, no, you're not going to pay to clean the couch. I cheered for you. I was so proud of you in that moment because it was on camera.
1: I was the wrong person to say that to. Right. I mean, I had been abused by her son-in-law, by her daughter-in-law and by herself. Mm-hmm. And then she was going to come to me and tell me that I needed to help pay for something that had nothing to do with me. Again, nothing to do with my husband that I didn't even know that it had happened until we came back from the beach. Right. Well, I was walking up the stairs. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Uh-uh. She put that, she had it all over her.
0: hmm It was so funny. It's just funny when you see this. Like I actually watched this the second one. I didn't watch the first show. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when you see this because you relive it watching it on TV and you realize all the stuff they actually did cut out. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know, right before that whole thing took place, Captain Lynn, myself, and Janelle were looking out the windows talking because I was actually talking to them about for the first time ever, they brought the Paracel over to the Caribbean mm. and we were talking about, they were going to let me ride with them across the Atlantic to bring it back. So we were talking about me, you know, coming through straight to Gibraltar and doing all that with them. Oh, cool. And the producer comes up and he says, all right, Glenn, you ready for this? And Glenn looked and it's like, rolled his eyes. He's like, Oh crap. And so the whole scene was about to happen with him talking to the mother. And I started dying laughing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, so
0: when I, when, and so when the mother came up to Janelle You can see on the camera, my back turned because I'm looking out the window and I'm profusely laughing the whole time. And I just, you know, watching that and seeing it back, you know, and reliving it. Yeah. It was a mess. And and some of the stuff, you know, they cut out that would have been great. They put in, you know, before she told Janelle after to pay for it or whatever, she's like, obviously, because she does that voice. And she's like, obviously they came to me with this because they understand I'm the matriarch of the ship. And... (laughs) And she's like, and I have more money than everyone. So they expect me to pay for it because I am the matriarch. And I'm like, I was dying. I thought that crowd was was so funny.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: Oh yeah. So some of that you're like, man, I wish they would have put that on there, you know, but some stuff would have been funny. Some stuff I think they did right. You know, the whole beach scene, right. They did the beat. I mean, they saved, you know, poor Chuck's life with the beach scene. You know, they cut out so much stuff that would have really been bad for him so many but, uh,
2: people on social media wanted you to just like lift him over your head and toss him in the ocean
0: well he was already in the water to be fair but he uh <laughs> there was a lot more stuff that I said to him that they cut out mm-hmm. and then after that I went back over by Janelle and I had to use the restroom and we're on an island obviously so I go back in the woods well I had no idea all production and stuff was hiding in the woods back there so I oh, go no. back to <laughs> I go back there to use the restroom, and the main guy that's running production, he says, dude, you literally should have knocked the shit out of him. He <laughs> goes, We were all hoping you would have dropped him. And I'm like, Yeah, that's all I need is to get sued, right? right. So-
2: get sued or get put in jail in Menorca. You don't want that either. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but uh no. So I mean, they they did. It was the whole thing is weird because after that scene happened, you know, when I went back from using the restroom and sat down, a couple of minutes goes by, I guess, and he walks up. And I think he's coming like toward me again. So I go to like start to get up Mm -hmm. and it was the weirdest thing. The guy literally got down on his knees in the sand.
2: Uh, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm being told not to say nothing, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, when he apologized, it would have been great if they would have put that on camera. Let's put it that way. So I, uh, And then of
1: course it's me going, why is he apologizing to you? He's not the one who embarrassed you. You right. look like the savior. He needs to apologize to me. Right. I couldn't believe it.
2: And I said earlier on our recap podcast this week that I think that he turned it on to you because he knew that he couldn't challenge Rhett. So he kind of pushed it on to you because he was afraid to get into a confrontation with Rhett.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. Because when Rhett walked up to him mm-hmm. and said, did you call my wife a bitch? He was standing behind Erica. Right.
0: He's like, no. <laughs> no, actually, he, he didn't even answer. So to be fair, though, the one that they caught on camera, he said it kind of politely when he called her a bitch. And Janelle had no idea because she was talking to one of the other ladies. Mm-hmm. And so he called her a bitch and I heard him from where we were. Well, then to make it worse, he turns because there's four cameramen in the water at this time with cameras on the girls and him and, you know, wanting to make a show out of it. Mm-hmm. And he literally turned to the camera, put his hand up in the air with some like gang looking crap. And he goes, fuck that bitch
2: oh, right in no. front of the
0: camera. And that's when I got up from the table. So he said it twice.
2: Yeah. And
0: I, when I got up, I started turning red. Janelle thought I was like having a heart attack. She's like, oh my God, are you okay? Oh. And I said, man, this guy, I was like, this guy just called you a bitch. I'll be right back. <laughs> that's <what I'm> like. <laughs> That's when I walked off. But yeah, he did it twice. The first time he said it is the one they put on TV. He did do it again, like illustrated directly into the camera. Yeah. And that's when I went out there. But they didn't show that one, obviously. But and it's stuff like that. You don't know if it was attention seeking. You don't know if it's just him. But honestly, it's inappropriate. It shouldn't have happened. And
2: should never. Everything
0: that he did was not attention seeking. You know, that was literally who he was when he woke up to the time he finally went to bed and all the naps in between. Right. You know, so it was
1: no acting.
0: It was a train wreck.
2: The one thing they did include that I loved was your phone call (laughs) that you were making. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was to a coworker or a friend, but just breaking it all down. And I loved it. It was like having. One of us viewers there being able to kind of chronicle the experience while it was happening. You were really speaking for all of us in that moment. And I want to thank you for that.
0: You know, to be what's really funny about that is we had an agreement myself in the production that when I was on the phone, it was work related. It was with some people from work. That's who I told him I'd be calling this. Mm -hmm. and they weren't allowed to record me and they would take my mic off every time I told them I need to make a phone call. So actually on that phone call, they hit me with a boom mic Uh. and I didn't even have a recorder on me at the time. So that was actually someone that works for another company I do business with. And it was just funny how they got that because I honestly had forgotten talking to him about that but (laughs) yeah I was normally when I was on my phone there was no microphones allowed
2: right which is well I'm glad they caught that little bit (laughs) same
3: absolutely I've got a question for you as far as the food for your trip it seems like there were differing opinions about the quality of it we've heard what Chuck's take on the food was And his complaints and we know that he has a history of complaining so that he can get comps and reimbursements in various places but what was your experience with the food because it looked like Marcos was doing everything he possibly could to make you guys happy with the exception of Erica's steak not being cooked to her desired temperature it seemed like everything else was great. And Chuck was the only one that had a problem with it. So what was your experience with the food?
0: I mean, me personally, I thought it was amazing. The guy went above and beyond. I mean, we've talked to him several times, even outside of the filming. We talked to him because he wanted to open a, he was looking at opening another restaurant in LA. And we were talking about coming out there and doing a restaurant with him. I mean, because his food was that good. And when you have someone that's that talented, their resume speaks for itself. And when you look at his accolades, like I'm sure you've done things, it's, for him to be the personal chef of the, you know, the Clintons and the Kardashians and all these other people, even though they're big name people, they can pick from whoever they want to cook for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been doing it for years and the food was amazing. His personality was great. The food was great. I mean, there was mornings that I would be up five thirty in the morning and he would happen to get up and literally bring me little hand cut PB and J sandwiches, just so I have something to eat on while I was working.
1: Nice. I That's mean, what Gabby told me.
0: Yeah, this guy was, I mean, they were amazing. Yeah, and she
1: said that she was going to make, she said, I will make him all the PB&Js he wants. <laughs> oh, so cute. I love that.
0: Yeah, no, they were great to us. I mean, anything we needed, anything we wanted, they were amazing. They you were know?
1: amazing. It was delicious. Good. Well, I'm glad you had some
2: good experiences out of this. If nothing else, you've got trauma bonding now with Susan and a new friend and her and Greg, (laughs) so you can take something good away from the experience. And I hope that it wasn't all bad, but we know that you've got a full client list today, Janelle, and we know you're headed out of town, Rhett, so we don't want to take up any more of your time, but if there's anything else that you wanted to clear up, feel
1: free to do that. I think more than anything, we just want to thank the crew and the staff and the captain and production. We are so, I mean, even though it was a very tumultuous charter, Mm -hmm. you're right. We did get to meet Susan and Greg, which were amazing and we'll be friends forever. But Spain is gorgeous and we're just very thankful to have been able to see it. And now we know where we want to go back. Right. And even though this whole negative situation was extremely toxic, we can look at it and say, you know what? Yeah, that happened we're going to move forward and we're not going to let this define us and we're not going to let this get us down. Right. And so, I mean, Rhett looks like the husband of the year. And so I can imagine he's getting all sorts of (laughs) tax.
2: You better check those DMs, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Those
1: DMs. But at the end of the day, what it did for us is that I feel like it made our marriage stronger. I love that. And so for us, I'm just, I couldn't be more appreciative for what has happened because of it. You know, even though he's talking shit about me and so is she, and, you know, they showed up at my salon and all this other stuff, even though all of that's happened and he's going on and saying that I cried the whole time. Yeah, because you traumatized me and you gave me a panic attack. Right. All of this stuff. At the end of the day, I'm very thankful to have been able to see the places that I did, meet the people that I did, and to make Rhett and I's marriage stronger.
0: That's
2: amazing.
0: There's like a defining moment when you, you realize what's going to happen. And so that for me was <laughs> before we ever went on the boat. So I love telling people this story because they're like, man, is he really that bad? So <laughs> before we ever went on the boat, they took us to a really nice brunch. And this brunch was in this beautiful marine cut like mountain. Mm-hmm. And we go in there and we're sitting down. It's first time we're all together with production. They're explaining how microphones work. And this old man, he's probably close to 80 years old as the owner of the Spanish cafe restaurant. And he was super nice. And the artwork and the tapestries and just this place was gorgeous. I took pictures of everything to do stuff to our house. And he was so appreciative that I liked all the artwork. He said, Hey, well, why don't you know, y'all come upstairs and let me show you something. So he takes us upstairs and he gives us a tour and shows us this disco that they operate, but because of COVID, it's closed down and it's really hurt their business and stuff. And he's going through all that with myself and Janelle. And he says, you know, my friends, I really thank you for liking my, my place. And I really hope you like it because, you know, we're one of only two restaurants in all of Spain that have ever won the Michelin Award. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, man, that's amazing. I'm like, right. congratulations. And so we come back down and we're finishing up and one of the parties is already complaining about he didn't like the breakfast quiche and all this other crap. And so we go outside and we're all in a big group kind of out looking over the water and someone's still making comments. And I said, you know, you should really enjoy the fact that you just got to eat at one of only two places in all of Spain that has ever won the Michelin award. And literally in front of about 16 people, he turns and looks at me and he says, I mean, I don't understand. Do they fucking sell tires? (laughs) And at that moment I'm like oh my god like now you, know. you really, did you really just say that to me and he's like seriously what are they so tired like and everyone started laughing they just kind of looked at him like are you joking you not joking but unfortunately for them they weren't joking and oh, uh him. yeah she, she I said them you know like I don't want to say who but you know yeah. certain people you know it's like <laughs> oh my good god Closer help me party
2: of one <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it's like oh help me But yeah, it was, uh, that was kind of like, that's what kicked off our whole trip. And that literally happened 10 minutes before they shot the whole scene with us walking down the deck to get on the boat. It was hilarious.
1: Mr. Uh, Champagne tastes on a beer budget, but now he can afford everything.
0: Yeah,
3: good (laughs) grief. Before we end, I've got two questions for you guys. One, would you guys without Chuck and Erica do it again?
1: I think we would. I couldn't say for him. It would have to be some amazing people. And again, like, without a doubt, the crew was amazing. Everything was spectacular. Yeah, I think we would, less the, the three, Yeah, less the people who, yeah.
2: I think you guys deserve a redemption trip. I wish I had Oprah money and I could say, you get a cruise and you get a cruise and you get a cruise. Yeah. But I don't. The best that we can offer you is the chance and the platform to tell your story. And you've done it very well. And I'm glad the truth is out and the posers can pose elsewhere and everybody knows what really happened. What was your second question, Adrian? I'm sorry. No, that's
3: okay. My second question was what happened with, Chuck's apology because I know you've mentioned on your social media a couple times that he came to your hair salon with gifts and trying to
1: grovel with
3: some kind of apology to you but what was that all about
1: he walked in on a busy day I was forewarned that he was coming in I had no clue except for somebody had texted me and told me hey I just want to let you know somebody might be showing up at your salon I had three clients there one of my stylists was walking in her client was already there he walks in and he corners her client at the salon and starts talking to her this woman's older she's like what uh, no, I don't know anything about this. He's telling her all about the show. And, and he was doing it even hurt when he left, she was like, uh, um, I don't know what was happening there. And he cornered her, started talking to her about it, busy day. And then he's there for a good, like 10 minutes. And one of my stylists walks up to me and he says, who is that guy? And I said, that's Chuck Rose, Erica Rose's husband. And he looked at me and he goes, oh, hell no. (laughs) So he walked up to him and he told him he needed to leave. And he says, oh, I need to apologize to Janelle. And and he said, no, you need to leave right now. So he goes up to the front desk and like stands there for a good five minutes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the heck he was doing, but he stands there for a good five minutes and then he leaves. So he never got to quite talk to me and apologize, which I, I'm sorry. An abuser is an abuser and He's the type of person in my experience that will hit you and then say, I'm sorry, but it was your fault. Right. So I can't have that in my life. I can't have that around me. And so his apology, I do not accept it and I will not accept it because what he did was he took something that could have been so amazing and he turned it and twisted it and crumpled it up and threw it in the trash. And then he decided to come into my place of business, Right, and bring it in there as well. Now, granted, everybody already knows about it, aside from the clients, some of them, but he even took it a step further. How dare him come into my place of business?
2: Right. He's crossed so many lines now. It's hard to keep track. And as far as lines go, he's familiar with them. Allegedly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he came in there because his wife told him to.
2: Yeah, probably because she didn't want to lose her connection with Janelle, I would think.
1: Well, he waited until February the 3rd to come in.
2: Really? See, and that's yeah. crazy to me because you guys did this, what, last July? Yeah. I, what did it
0: honestly look like? He came in and like what I told Janelle, he came in and then she came in a day or two later and tried as well and gave a gift. And then that gift was subsequently sent back to her house and said, no, thank you. We can't accept the gift. Right. But it's almost like like I told you now when it happened. They knew the show was about to come out. They just announced the season was going to get released. And it's almost like they reached out trying to befriend her. So that way, when all this crap happened, they could be like, oh, no, we're still all great friends. Right. And that is exactly what it looks like. Yeah. You know, now, did they do that? I don't know. But. If I had to bet money on it, I would say it's exactly what it looks like because they came in like two days after they announced when the season three was going to start airing.
2: Logic dictates that that's what was going on, that that was the plan. And I'm glad you all didn't fall for it. You are a great couple. We wish you all the best. And I do hope you get to do a do-over maybe with Susan and Greg. And we get to see you again. I would welcome seeing you on my television at any point. You guys are great. And we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for interviewing us. Of course. Thank Thank
0: you. you. All right.
2: Well, thanks everybody for listening. We will catch you next week for the recap of episode five. And until then, bye. Bye.
0: Bye, y'all special thanks to our friends who helped us create gangplank report down below music and lyrics by angel tweeter frail and terry abbott performed by lorelei of florida production assistance by michael Castaneda. Super superfan intro by blind lawrence cast off me hearties